WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Cryerwire in the newsroom. I'm Andrew Green. Congressman Bill Heisinga says the indictment of former President Donald Trump over hush money payments to Stormy Daniels is more motivated by politics than policy. He told us late last night he believes the prosecutor who led the effort is engaging in political drama. Does the indictment help Trump as he seeks another term? Ironically, I think it does. It has many of the folks who really liked the uh, former president's policies but didn't maybe necessarily care for the tone and tenor of his tweets or his sort of his actions suddenly are getting reminded again what the fake Russia hoaxes were about and the impeachment uh, was about. And they're seeing that this is once again many times uh, you know, nationally media driven and driven more by politics than it is anything else. Heisinger says the indictment is kind of proving Trump's point to those voters. He calls it a mistake on the political side and on the legal side. Meanwhile, Congressman Tim Wahlberg has cut the ribbon on his new office in Niles. Wahlberg was in Niles this morning to celebrate the opening of the first congressional office in the history of Niles to be located there. He told us the location made sense considering the 5th District stretches all the way across Michigan from Lake Erie to Lake Michigan. So what can people do at the new office? IRS issues, veterans issues, passport issues, anything directly re- related with the federal government. And if they have state issues, we know how we can, we can funnel them on to appropriate state representatives or offices that are there. We have the Secretary of State office right next to us. So if there's a problem dealing with that, push them right next door. But almost anything that would meet their concerns. Wahlberg said people can also stop by just to express their opinions or ask questions. Previously, he had just one office in Michigan, in Jackson, but with the shape of his district changing so much, a second office was needed. It was a packed house Friday when the grand opening was held. A housing development plan for the former Mercy Hospital site in Benton Harbor has hit a snag. Benton Harbor Assistant City Manager Alex Little told the City Planning and Economic Development Committee this week Project T was set to include two buildings, one for those with low incomes and intended to be funded with state tax credits, and the other for the missing middle that would be privately funded. A problem has arisen with the first building. The submission that was made to Mr. for the low-income building was denied. We did not get that. Little said that the Michigan State Housing Development Authority's formula for awarding credits for such work excluded the Project T proposal. That included things like walkability to the existing services, and we didn't write high enough in their scale of that. Project T is an initiative of Harbor Habitat. The plan had been for two three-story buildings with the lower-income building to include 50 units. Little said now that the state tax credits have been denied, it's back to the drawing board. He said he's working with Harbor Habitat to find a path forward that would still make good use of the Mercy Hospital site, the largest vacant property owned by the city. The efforts of Berrien County to expand broadband Internet access have been highlighted in a new video from the nonprofit Connected Nation. The group was on hand for a meeting of the Michigan High-Speed Internet Office in Benton Harbor in February and spoke with local elected officials. It's showcasing the work going on nationwide to make the Internet more accessible to all. 
Berrien County Commissioner Terry Freeling told them she wound up working on broadband for the county after having broadband trouble of, of her own at her farm. And so where I live is currently classified as being served from the FCC's maps, and I can't get service of anything greater than 10-1, even though it claims I'm over 25. And so I started on this quest to improve it for myself, but I found that there were a number of others in the community who also had the same challenges. Berrien County Administrator Brian DeSette said his office hears from people all over the county about poor internet service. Everything from a, a lack of connectivity, a lack of affordability, and then we also hear from the local governments about a lack of solutions. Berrien County set up a committee to tackle the broadband issue, and it's worked with firms to create detailed maps of every property countywide in their broadband service. That's as the county seeks grants to work with ISPs to add more high-speed internet. Connected Nation says about half the counties in the state are doing the same, and they're in the best position to help the residents when funds become available. The Berrien County Veterans Services Office has launched a new communication tool to make it easier for local veterans to connect with its services. It says the Vibe Channel will provide veterans with updates about VA news, local events and resources, discounts, volunteer and recreation opportunities, and more. For example, if an employer inquires about hiring a veteran for a job opportunity or an American Legion post is having a burger night, the Berrien County Veterans Service can use Vibe to share that information via text or email. Veterans who want to be part of the mass communication channel can sign up by scanning a QR code with their phones. Veterans who can't do that can just call the Berrien County Veterans Services office and the staff can manually sign them up for Vine. You can find that QR code at the Facebook page of the Berrien County Veterans Services office. We've seen a lot of action in Lansing on the budget, taxes, and gun reforms during the first 100 days of Governor Gretchen Whitmer's second term. Lieutenant Governor Garland Gilchrist says one of the highlights for him as the president of the state Senate was seeing the expansion of civil rights protections for the LGBTQ community. I was really proud to actually be able to hand the gavel to the president pro tempore of the Senate, Senator Chairman Moss, for him to be able to preside over the vote for the expansion of the Elliott Larson Civil Rights Act to include protection for the LGBTQ plus community. It's an issue that, that he has been a champion of and a leader of as the first openly gay uh, senator in Michigan. And so that moment to see him preside over that vote uh, is something I'll never forget. Gilchrist says he's also proud of proposals to increase state funding for education, including free breakfast and lunch for students and free universal pre-K for all students over the next four years. And work to install sidewalks along Napier Avenue in St. Joseph Township will start on Monday. The township tells us the project is 0.71 miles of concrete path between Miami Road and Colfax, including grading, sidewalk ramps, signing, and restoration. Work will begin on the south side of the road and take about a month. The north side will start after that. The project will result in a lane closure. The project's cost is $720,000, including $393,000 in federal funds. The project is the work of St. Joseph Township and the Berrien County Road Department with MDOT Oversight. Installing sidewalks along Napier Avenue, especially from the St. Joe River to M139, has long been a goal of local officials as there have been several pedestrians struck and killed by vehicles while walking along that stretch of road. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture and Dwozhak, where furniture shopping is fun. After months of testimony from dozens of witnesses, a grand jury in Manhattan yesterday voted to indict former President Donald Trump for charges believed to be related to his possible misuse of campaign finances to pay hush money to adult film star Stormy Daniels to keep quiet about an affair the two allegedly had. 
ABC's Catherine Falders tells us what Trump's reaction has been to the news. We know from inside his camp and from people who have been speaking to him all night and, and this morning that he essentially was shocked by this. They didn't think that it would happen this soon, but he's been working the phones, talking to his lawyers. There was, the, there was a thinking at one point that maybe he wouldn't come up to New York, which would create all sorts of other headaches logistically. But what we do know is that at least he's planning to leave Florida and come up to New York on Tuesday. Former President Trump scheduled to be arraigned Tuesday after his hush money indictment in New York. Court officials confirmed the arrangement today. Trump's surrender will present the shocking historic scene of a former U.S. commander-in-chief forced to stand before a judge. The indictment came after a grand jury probe into hush money paid during the 2016 presidential campaign to squelch allegations of an extramarital sexual encounter. The Republican former president denies any wrongdoing and is denouncing the investigation as political persecution. Meanwhile, with Donald Trump expected to turn himself in in New York next week, here's Elizabeth Schulze on how President Biden got the news. President Biden found out about this indictment from his chief of staff, Jeff Zients, who heard about it through news reports last night. Beyond that, the White House really is not commenting. The president was asked multiple times this morning for his reaction to this news. He simply said, no, he does not want to weigh in. And the White House says it has a longstanding policy of not commenting on any ongoing investigations. They're really trying to steer clear of this conversation, despite its massive implications for the 2024 race. Meanwhile, ABC's Jay O'Brien was at Mar-a-Lago in Florida with some Trump supporter response. We also know that Trump, in the lead up to this indictment, called on his supporters to make their voices heard, to go out and to protest. I can tell you, I was just on this bridge, which is the Southern Boulevard Bridge that goes into Palm Beach, that connects them from West Palm Beach, that goes right to Mar-a-Lago. And I saw only about a handful of Trump supporters there, only about 10 waving Trump flags. They're out to show, obviously, their support for the former president in this moment. It was nowhere near the crowds that we saw after the FBI, for instance, raided Mar-a-Lago in the search for those classic documents. Again, Trump is expected to turn himself in Tuesday. The Minneapolis City Council has approved an agreement with the state to revamp policing nearly three years after a city officer killed George Floyd. The Minnesota Department of Human Rights began investigating the Minneapolis Police Department shortly after Derek Chauvin, a white police officer, knelt on Floyd's neck for nine and a half minutes as the black man said he couldn't breathe. The agreement approved today was the product of a nearly year of negotiations between city officials and the state agency. Chauvin was convicted of murder. He and three other officers who were at the scene are serving prison terms. A new U.S. Treasury report shows the nation's strained economy is projected to affect Medicare and Social Security. More from ABC's Justin Finch. The Treasury Department analysis forecasting Medicare remaining solvent for three years longer than first predicted up until 2031. After that time, Medicare is only expected to be able to cover 89 percent of total benefits to recipients. Social Security is predicted to be 10 years away from depletion and afterwards would no longer be able to fully cover total scheduled benefits to retirees, instead only paying 77% of those benefits. The Treasury urging Congress to take action, warning that each year of inaction gives Americans less time to prepare. Justin Finch, ABC News, Washington. Meteorologists are urging people to be ready for dangerous weather in parts of the Midwest and South. The National Weather Service's Storm Prediction Center warns an outbreak of severe storms today could cause hail, damaging wind gusts and tornadoes that could be strong and move on the ground over long distances. Meteorologists say the areas at greatest risk include eastern Iowa, western and northern Illinois, Missouri, Arkansas and Tennessee. Meteorologists say the conditions are similar to those a week ago that unleashed a devastating twister that killed at least 21 in Mississippi. 
And Dungeons and Dragons versus John Wick at the weekend box office this weekend. Here's ABC's Christopher Watson with a preview. We're facing the greatest evil the world has ever known. Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, with a cast that includes Chris Pine, Hugh Grant, Michelle Rodriguez, and Bridgerton breakout star Reggae Jean Page, is the highest profile of the film's opening Friday. But is the action comedy fantasy enough to take down last week's number one? Yeah. Not really. 30 to 40 million bucks is what the former is expected to earn, about the same as John Wick Chapter 4's second week forecast. Christopher Watson, ABC News. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast.